Welcome everyone. You are listening to the Women Offshore podcast. I'm April Killian, filling in for Ali Cedeno while she's on maternity leave. I'm a licensed mariner, a U.S. Coast Guard officer, and a volunteer at Women Offshore. Women Offshore is a 501c3 nonprofit organization supporting a diverse workforce on the water. New episodes of the Women Offshore podcast are available every Tuesday. Subscribe on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on and be in the know about the latest topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the maritime and offshore industries. Be inspired by the stories shared here. Thank you to the Oil and Gas Global Network, known as OGGN, for their continuous support as our podcast producer. They have the best energy shows on their network. Hi, Elena. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm really looking forward to our time together. We both share a mutual love for a very special ship, and I'm eager to hear more from you about what's going on with her. So to give our listeners a bit of background, Elena was one of the first women on the Women Offshore podcast. In her previous episode, she discussed her career as a mariner, her experience upgrading her license to Master of Unlimited Tonnage, and how she was heavily influenced by her experience on the Liberty Ship John Brown. Today, Elena's back again to speak with me about the John Brown. Her current position on the ship, the importance of preserving and sharing the history of the John Brown, and the opportunities to visit, volunteer, and support the John Brown. A little bit of my experience with the John Brown, I'm a bit of a biased party. A happenstance introduction to the John Brown was the reason I even knew that the maritime industry even existed and that I wanted to go to sea and earn my license. And in 2008, I actually married my husband on board. So she's a very special ship to me. So Elena, do you mind sharing a bit about who you are and your background for listeners who may not know who you are? Sure. So obviously, my name is Elena Bassiano. I grew up here in Maryland. And when I was 10 years old, my grandparents bought my sister and I, she's four years older, memberships to the John Brown. And we started volunteering at just 10 and 14 years old. So as time passed, I got to know a few of the volunteers. A lot of them were Kings Point graduates. And as my sister started to look into colleges, I was kind of the younger person listening in the background and few volunteers got her interested in in attending the Marine Academy. And I decided in seventh grade, I was going to do the same thing. So I was accepted in 2005, graduated in 2009 with a third mate's license. I sailed on tugboats and tankers following graduation as third mate and a steersman slash pilot on the tugboats. And then I started to work for American Maritime Officers on oceanographic survey vessels where I sailed from third mate up to captain. In December of 2019, I I got my first captain's job. And just prior to that, on September 7th, the John Brown's birthday, actually, I sailed in the capacity of master on board her for her birthday cruise, which ended up not getting underway because of a hurricane. But I was her first female master, and I remained in that capacity and still volunteer in that capacity when needed. So it was a a very full circle experience and she definitely shaped my life. So that was pretty cool. I love that you've led and continue to lead an impressive career. And through all of this, you continue to give back to the ship that started it. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the John Brown 
and why it's so important that we preserve her story? Sure. So in 1941, President Roosevelt started a emergency ship construction program, and it was very impressive. Something that I like to tell people about that program is that in just three years, that program yielded the equivalent of more than half the amount of merchant vessels that existed prior to the war. So it was an immense effort. And out of over the 2,700 vessels that were, uh, Liberty ships specifically, that were created, the John W. Brown was launched September 7th of 1942, Labor Day, and she was one of six vessels launched in various shipyards around the country on that specific day. They were all named after labor leaders. Uh, Funny fact is I actually got in an argument with an eighth grade history teacher over which John Brown, the John W. Brown was named after. Yeah, so she was launched here in Baltimore in Bethlehem Fairfield Shipyard. She was part of that emergency ship construction program effort. And basically that was created to carry supplies and troops overseas for the war effort. In After her launching, she made 13 voyages all around the world during the war. She went to the Persian Gulf, the west coast of South America. She transited all the way across the ocean on the southern tips of South America and Africa. She went up the east coast of Africa, back into the Persian Gulf. And then following the war, she did many voyages in the Mediterranean area. So she she pretty much went all around the world. She's seen everything. She sure has. So in 1946, the John Brown landed in New York, where she was established as a school ship training merchant mariners from 1946 until 1982, when she was actually towed to the James River fleet. In 1988, Project Liberty ship returned the ship to Baltimore, where she is today. And she's a living, breathing, functioning memorial to the shipyard workers, the merchant mariners, and the naval armed guardsmen who sailed the Liberty ships built, sailed, and defended the Liberty ship during the war. That's so cool. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know she's fully functional, which is just amazing for an 80-year-old ship. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I hope I'm kicking it that good at 80. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned that she was a school ship once, and I know I've heard of opportunities to go on board. Can you speak to us about some of those opportunities to learn aboard the ship? I know there's a lot in, that, that she does or that the crew does to teach. Sure. So history is obviously our biggest priority to get across what, what the Liberty ships did for us during the war. But, you know, that demographic is dwindling, I would say. So we've tried to launch ourselves into the future and become an educational platform where we host people from all walks of life, all different organizations, to include high school STEM students, sea cadets, boy and girl scouts, uh, local and federal law enforcement, and the local fire departments also hold exercises on board. So they use us as a training platform. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's re- those are very cool to be a part of. Maritime schools, such as MyTag, affiliated with Masters, Mates, and Pilots, Amoeba, 
which is located in Easton, Maryland, and are also play an integral part in holding classes on board and, and maintaining the educational part of our mission. And we also host STEAM schools on board where anyone can, for a fee, of course, come on board, stay for a long weekend, and actually learn the process of firing up the boilers and getting the plant up and running so that the ship can actually get underway. They don't get underway on the ship, but they they do learn hands-on the process of getting the ship fired up since it is it is a process. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, but that's very popular. It sells out every time. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very big, uh, it appeals to a lot of people. That's neat. That sounds fun. It is fun. <laughs> so I spent some of my career down in Norfolk, Virginia, when I was a Coast Guard Marine inspector. And I remember the John Brown going into dry dock while I was assigned to what was then called Sector Hampton Roads. Now, we both know that maintaining a ship, let any ship, let alone an 80-year-old ship, is no small task and no cheap task. So who manages the dry dock periods and the routine maintenance and the Coast Guard inspections? And, and how does the organization maintain the funds that support an 80-year-old ship that can still get underway? That is a great question. So one of the unique aspects of the John Brown is that everybody from the captain on down is a volunteer. There are no paid members of Project Liberty Ship. Everybody is there because they want to be. So with that, it creates a, a different atmosphere, obviously, than, than normal ships. They, the volunteers are actually in charge of creating the shipyard specs and the to-do list, if you will, for the dry dock periods. We work very closely with the local Coast Guard. Something a little unique is that we, we do maintain a Coast Guard certificate of inspection. Which is no small feat. <laughs> yes, yes. For an 80-year-old ship, they do treat us uniquely as we are a pretty unique entity. Us and the Jeremiah O'Brien kind of share <laughs> stories on how, how we get through these inspections. But, but they are strict because it is 80 years old and uh, we could carry up to 750 passengers. So, you know, safety is the utmost. But these shipyard packages can be costly. Yes. And and really the number one way to raise funds is fundraising. So we send out packages to our members and volunteers and and we say, "Hey, we've got the shipyard period coming up, you know, can you help us out?" We also raise funds during our living history cruises, sometimes hold silent auctions, donations are a, a huge part of of keeping the ship running. And also we are eligible for a few state and federal grants that are helpful as well. So we, we manage, but it is a difficult task for an all volunteer crew. So it definitely seems like it's a labor of love. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's clear to me that the John Brown is not only of historical significance, but continues to teach and encourage future generations of mariners and maritime professionals. So how does one get involved? How do we volunteer and how can we financially support her mission? One of our biggest problems, especially after COVID, and again, just because our original demographic is, you know, not, not as present as they used to be, is volunteering. We will always welcome volunteers, whether you 
want to help sell raffle tickets or you want a needle gun in your hands and you can chip paint or you're an engineer and you're interested in working on a triple expansion steam engine, anything that you can do. If you are fantastic at creating flyers or advertising or have anything that you could think of to assist the ship in any way, we'll take you can sign up to become a member or a volunteer online. We have a website, www.ssjohnwbrown.org. You can donate when you sign up to become a member. Uh, the minimum is $40 per year. And you can pay as much as you'd like. And we'll take your money, of course. <laughs> you could become a lifetime member for $750 and up, of course. But Everything is is helpful to us, whether it's five dollars and up. It's it's all very much appreciated and always put to good use. We have various sponsors. If you'd like to sponsor a specific project, the website has a list of various things that are going on around the ship that if, if you feel more comfortable allocating your funds to something specific, you can go that route as well. But like I said, anything helps and it's all appreciated. That's awesome. And we're going to put a link down below in the episode notes. So if anyone wants to go click on that and see how they can volunteer or maybe donate, the link will be below. But for those who may not have the time to volunteer, but would still like to visit or maybe get underway on the John Brown, are there opportunities to visit or to get underway? Absolutely. It's encouraged to call in advance if there's not a pre-planned event. But generally, volunteers come aboard Wednesdays and Saturdays, and we're open to visitors on those days as well. So we are open to visitors on Wednesdays and Saturdays at Pier 13, right next to the nuclear ship Savannah. And pretty much, we'll call them bankers hours. It's encouraged to call ahead, as I said. And this year, we're just getting back into the swing of things because of COVID. I'm sure that everyone is doing the same. We have one living history cruise scheduled. There are tickets still available. Again, on the website, they can be purchased. Uh, September 24th is our underway day, and we get underway from the Baltimore Cruise Terminal. And that's a great opportunity this year. We have a theme to our living history cruise, and it's the Port of Baltimore. So we'll be giving more of an inland tour of the port with historical narration throughout. So that will be pretty cool. And it's kid-friendly, but be careful. We lose a lot of husbands to the engine room. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, as I said before, if you're interested in volunteering or visiting or getting underway on the John Brown, the link will be down below. I have truly enjoyed our time together, Elena. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast. What did you think of the show? Leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Additionally, if you want to propel Women Offshore forward, please visit womenoffshore.org or womenoffshore.shop, make a donation, or purchase some swag. Until next time, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon.